Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein. And this episode, as always, brought to you by Bet Online and for the second week, Deal Dash. So listen, I haven't talked to you over the weekend, but it's been a pretty busy weekend for the Detroit Lions. And we'll obviously start right at the top with quarterback Matthew Stafford. He is. Now one of two starting quarterbacks in the NFL to end up on the COVID reserve list as Gardner Minshew from Jacksonville ended up on the list on Sunday. But Matthew Stafford probably remains the highest profile player to end up on the COVID reserve list so far. And to be clear, let's just get the obvious out of the way early. This does not necessarily mean that... Matthew Stafford has coronavirus, it means one of two things. Either, yes, he has tested positive for COVID-19, or it means that he has been around somebody close to him or in close contact with someone who has coronavirus. So it's one of those two things. The Lions per NFL and NFLPA policy, as it was with Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson, are not making any statements other than the status of said player and that goes from Stafford obviously all the way on down I reached out to some of Stafford's people did not hear back so we don't know where Matthew Stafford stands and it's going to be something to monitor as Galladay's situation is as Hawkinson's situation is especially as the Lions get into their first day of workouts today Monday and let's start here the first and most important thing is the health of all of the players on the Lions that are on the COVID reserve list, that's more important than anything football related. Is what is their health? Are they healthy? Because COVID nineteen coronavirus, obviously a very real, very serious thing, and you want all of these players and, and anybody who contracts COVID nineteen to have a healthy recovery and to hopefully be asymptomatic and back as soon as possible, but also, first and foremost, that they and their families are healthy. When it comes to a veteran like Matthew Stafford or a veteran like Kenny Galladay when they're on the list, it's maybe not as big of a deal for them 
to miss the start of the strength and conditioning process, phase one here. So if you're looking at it from a pure football standpoint, guys like Gaudy and Stafford can afford to miss this time maybe more than a TJ Hawkinson, who we still don't know exactly how healthy he is coming off of his season-ending ankle injury last year, and he's still on the COVID list. Rookies like Aaron Sipos, who's fighting for a punter spot, and Jalen Elliott, who's trying to win a safety job, those two guys, you know, they, they would want to get in the strength and conditioning process as soon as possible because they have never even been in the building before. Then you've got Amani Awarie and Isaac Nada, both of whom are competing on various levels. Awarie to try to solidify that number four corner spot, Nada for a roster spot. They're second year guys, they need to kind of get back, if they can too, as soon as possible for strength and conditioning as well and to keep in mind here again health is the most important thing with those players and with every player and every coach as we go along here but that's just something to keep in mind and you know it's interesting in that monitoring the COVID reserve wire is basically the most important thing that you can be doing now as a reporter on a day-to-day basis, along with opt-outs. And the Lions have had two opt-outs as well. John Atkins, as we talked about a little bit last week, opted out. And then on Sunday, wide receiver Geronimo Allison opted out. That was a potentially interesting opt-out for the Lions because Allison, one-year deal, came over from Green Bay, was paid $137,500 as a signing bonus. So at least that tells me the Lions thought there was a chance he was going to make this team, and he might have been in line to be the number four or number five receiver, but he has decided to opt out. He's the second Lions player to opt out, and what that does for the Lions is it opens up pathways for some younger players to potentially make the team or have more of a role or an impact because receiver is the deepest position on the offense I think that the Lions have. So what does this do? Maybe it gives Quintez Cephas this year, a draft pick this year, more of a chance to have a defined role in 2020, and it could open a roster spot for another free agent signing in Jeremy Davis, who's more of a special teams guy, but maybe he can be a fifth wide receiver and special teams player. Maybe this gives Chris Lacey another shot at making a roster, uh, getting a roster spot this year. And those two guys specifically I look at as possibilities, Davis because of the special teams ability and because the Lions brought him in. And then Lacey, because the Lions have a pretty good amount of experience with him. Also on the outside, the Lions drafted Travis Fulham last year. He never really got a chance to do all that much, but he was mildly impressive in preseason games last year in fits and starts. So maybe this opens up a chance for him to get a roster spot. So there are a bunch of potential options here when it comes to the Lions uh, as outside receivers behind Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr., so that that's where I think things stand at receiver. And again, all of that will sort itself out. We won't have preseason games, but that's going to be a battle maybe to watch even more intensely now once training camp practices start here. And, you know, we as media, they won't practice for a while and we as media won't get access for a little bit as well. So it's going to still be a little bit of an unknown. And listen, the coaches don't necessarily know. And I think even some of the players don't even know it's some of the back end roster spots, which this spot would surely be where things stand right now. So that's going to be something to monitor as things go along here. And 
right after this break, we'll get into some of the other roster moves that have happened. The Lions placed players on the NFI list, on PUP. We'll get a little bit more into Matthew Stafford's situation and more right after this break. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, features, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's a promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0, nothing, not a zilch, and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer, or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code ROTHSHOW, that's R O T H S H O W, or DealDash.fm backslash ROTHSHOW. That's D E A L D A S H dot F M backslash ROTHSHOW. Go check them out. And now, back to our show. So, all right, so we hit on the Geronimo Allison news at the top of the show. We hit a little bit on Matthew Stafford's news. And now let's get into a couple of the other roster moves because I think these could have longer-lasting potential effects on at least training camp because we just kind of don't know where things stand. And the, that is these two moves. Romeo Aquara goes on the non-football injury list with an undisclosed injury. Austin Bryant on the physically unable to perform list. Now, why... Is this important right now? Well, as we've talked about a bunch of times already, one of the biggest weaknesses for the Lions, one of the biggest holes on the roster right now for the Lions is at defensive end and specifically at pass rusher. And what is it that Romeo Aquara and Austin Bryant theoretically primarily do? That's rush the passer. Romeo Aquara expected to maybe be the number two defensive end behind Trey Flowers. Don't know how long he's going to be out. He's posted a bunch throughout the offseason of working out and training, so not exactly sure what's happening and going on there. But it's going to be something to pay attention to, and obviously with NFI, with Pup, it could be as simple as a guy wasn't totally ready or totally in shape yet, or they want to be cautious with with that player, so they're going to do that and they can come off at any time. We've seen that every year. That was when Ezekiel Alonso was here with the Lions. It was pretty much a mainstay for him that he would start the start something on Pop or NFI and then come off of it. Haloti Nada was commonly there as well last year. You had a bunch of Lions defensive linemen actually on that list also. The bigger one to me actually might be Austin Bryant because Bryant basically had a lost season as a rookie, dealt with injuries, and just never really got 
healthy and never really showed what he could do after being pretty productive out of Clemson. And then to see him on pop again to start this season, even though, again, he could be on pup and be off in two days, potentially. It's at least mildly discouraging. And you have to at least be concerned about it because if either one of these injuries is mildly serious or if they are out for a few weeks, and again, as we've talked about ad nauseum already, without a spring and with a much different type of training camp, that ramp-up period for players and the time to get ready for players could be elongated. So if either one of them is out for a a long period of time, you really have to wonder what Detroit's defensive end position is going to look like and what what their pass rush situation is going to look like. It might thrust Julian Okwara, who's Romeo Okwara's younger brother, into even a more important role early on in his career. And while I think Julian Okwara can certainly handle that, and I think he has the potential to handle that, certainly, you you do look at that and say, well, okay, what does all of this really mean for Detroit when it comes to these two guys? And again, this could end up being a moot point in a week. But if they are out for a while, this is what you're looking at right now at defensive end. If you're the Lions, you're looking at Trey Flowers, Jonathan Wynn, theoretically Deshaun Hand, and... That's it. That's your defensive end group right now with Brian and Aquara out. And right now, Lions can't bring players in for workouts. They can only bring players in for physicals. So what are you going to do there? How, how do you handle that if there is some a player that's going to be out for a significant period of time? And I don't think Detroit has the answers for that right now. Obviously, there is some big-name defensive linemen, defensive edge rushers specifically still out there on the market. Everson Griffin being one, Jadavian Clowney being another, but one would think that before the Lions signed either player, if they were interested in either player, and they have the cap space to theoretically do so, that they would want to bring them in. So until Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia get more clarity on what that can look like, and you know Bob Quinn was talking last week and we addressed it that they just don't have protocols yet for bringing guys in for visits into the building and they're still trying to figure some of that out I I don't think that if you're the Lions you can sign either one of those guys so if you're the Lions right now you're looking at your defensive end situation you probably need to bring somebody in uh maybe there's a waiver claim guy you can grab kind of like what the Lions did at defensive tackle today with uh Draylon Mack out of ball from Baltimore, he was a fifth round pick last year for the Ravens. He played in one game. He's a defensive tackle, probably fills kind of that spot. Maybe John Atkins might have played, but he's no lock to make the roster right now. And I think he just jumps into that kind of competitive group with John Piacini and Jay Sean Cornell and some of the other defensive tackle depth defensive tackles that they have. Olive Sagapolu being another one, Kevin Strong being another one. So uh, that's when I look at that. That's kind of where I think that stands. But at defensive end right now, if you're the Lions, you maybe want to find an impact guy if you can. There are a few out there. And if I'm the Lions, I want to bring one of those guys in. And I want the NFL to give some more clarity to everything as soon as they possibly can. Because if I'm Detroit, I want to try to make a move there.
And beyond, obviously, the two names we, we started talking about, which is Clowney and Griffin, probably the two most recognizable names. Ziggy Ansah, obviously, is still out there. I don't know if the Lions would go back to that situation again just because, uh, you know, they already had been there, done that. Now, if they need someone maybe later on and Ziggy's still out there, at least he knows the defense. So maybe you bring him back and say, okay, you're not going to pay him a lot, put him in a situational type role and hope he can stay healthy but he's out there as well and then there's Jabal Sheard who has familiarity with Matt Patricia as we've talked about that's been a common theme throughout Patricia's tenure but also specifically this offseason with Danny Shelton and Jamie Collins and Sheard would theoretically know how to play off of both of those guys as well through varying experiences in New England so he might be another guy to look at again if Detroit decides that they need to make some sort of move at defensive end and want to bring in somebody who has a little bit of experience. Now, obviously, those players are at different levels of their ability and also different levels of pay structure. And obviously, now, the one other position we want to look at, and it goes back to the top of the show, is Matthew Stafford. The Lions have to at least monitor Matthew Stafford's situation at this point, and as you would expect they would, by the way. And if he looks like he might be out for a while or if it gets into next week, the week after, and Matthew Stafford's still not back, and again, we won't know that. Matthew Stafford could have just been a close contact situation, test negative on Sunday, test negative on Monday, and he's back again type of thing, or maybe test test negative Saturday, test negative Sunday, because they are in a daily testing protocol, and if he was just in close contact, then he could potentially come back based off of the protocols. So again, that's going to be day-to-day something to watch, but if he is out for a period of time, the Lions, I think at that point, have to start looking at at least bringing in another quarterback for training camp. Now, who that ends up being, I don't know. And and I think you're probably looking at a camp arm more than anything else, figuring that Matthew Stafford will be back, you hope, by the start of the season. But, you know, you look at some guys like Kyle Slaughter would be a good example of a guy. He was obviously with the Lions for a little bit last year. Maybe Detroit comes in and brings him, gives him another shot to compete with David Blau for that kind of backup, backup, number three quarterback role. Jake Rudock's another player that the Lions have some experience with that you would bring in. And to me, like, that's the type of guy you would look at right now. If there's major concerns about Stafford, which as of now, there's no indication that there would be. But that's when I think you would start maybe having a bigger conversation. But just something to watch and something to pay attention to as things go along here because quarterback is really the one position obviously that the lot the drop off from Matthew Stafford to Chase Daniel and David Blau is so big that if you have concerns you need to maybe start looking at other avenues but I don't think the Lions are at that point yet and probably wouldn't be for a while and obviously hopefully you hope that it's not very serious for Matthew Stafford or just a close contact situation for him. A couple other things that didn't really get hit on last week because they happened toward the end of the week. J. Ron Curse is going to be suspended for the first three games for the Lions. This year, Matt Patricia said that he knew that that was coming. He knew that it was a possibility when they signed him in free agency. What does that do? Well, 
first of all, Curse will end up on the roster probably in some form or fashion on the suspended list. And then the Lions will probably see where they stand from there at that point. And it kind of gives them some flexibility in, in that way. But who does that help the most? Well, frankly, right now, it probably helps Miles Killebrew more than anybody else because Killebrew and Curse could play similar positions. And frankly, they could have been competing for one roster spot. And now with Curse out for the first three weeks of the season, Killebrew could be a player that benefits there and has his special team slash backup backup safety role locked in a little bit more than maybe it would have been otherwise. It could also help out Will Harris, last year's third-round pick, because if Curse, say, beat out Harris for the third safety spot, Harris could get time, more time to work out and more time to play in those first three weeks to show that he should maybe have the job instead. And then it could help maybe some of the back-end, back-end guys, like C.J. Moore, who made the team last year, and then there's a bunch of undrafted free agents including Jeremiah Dinson, Jalen Elliott, Bobby Price, could help them too. But right now, I think the main beneficiaries would be Miles Killebrew and Will Harris, potentially in terms of playing time and maybe even a roster spot. But it'll be really intriguing to watch Jaron Curse during camp now because he... They paid him a good amount of money. He should be on the team. He offers something that I think none of the other safeties on the Lions do at 6'4", 220. Bobby Price, body build-wise, the rookie from Norfolk State, is probably the closest at 6'3", 215. But he, I think Jaron Curse offers something a little bit more as a hybrid linebacker. It's a position that Miles Killebrew has played, basically tried to play last year and the Lions tried to create out of him last year. And, and Curse kind of has that similar build. So... Watch Cursor and Camp, although you won't be able to watch them, but I'm going to be to see how he plays and how he fits into the defense because that might tell you who the Lions might keep in place of Curse early on if they choose to keep another safety there and, and don't go heavy at maybe another position and go light at safety early on. Uh, and then just lastly, maybe hit on some of the things from Matt Patricia's press conference on Friday which a lot of people probably know about already. Like Bob Quinn earlier in the week, Patricia talked a lot about safety, a lot about health, a lot about kind of what Detroit has done to try and protect their players. But here were a couple things that really stood out to me and, and what it could mean in that, you know, Patricia said it a couple times, more is more. And I think that comes to education, that comes to knowledge, that comes to getting guys to work out, that kind of, that, kind of I think is an all-encompassing thing that Detroit's really trying to drive home this year but one of the things I thought was interesting was Patricia talking about how he envisions practices going and they kind of understand that it's going to be a ramp-up period and that they just kind of have to put plans together and as he said Patience is going to be a big thing. And this is a quote from Patricia. Certainly the hard part is getting to this time of year that you smell the fresh cut grass and you just start to get around it. See all the fields, see the fields all painted up. The first thing you want to do is get out there and throw the pads on. Let's go practice. But we just have to be patient all the way through to make sure that we're being safe. So a lot of adaptability here. 
you know, he admitted that, listen, limited padded practices are going to be a problem. Matt Patricia's talked about this before, and he's a big fan of, obviously, padded practices. But the, again, it goes into that ramp-up period we were talking about. You don't want to get into that too early because you want to make sure your guys are healthy and you want to be trending them toward week one against Chicago versus getting them too beat up in training camp, especially when they have not practiced and didn't have a spring. By now, most of the players know what Matt Patricia is looking for. This won't be like training camp one, which was brutal. It might be more like this past year's training camp in 2019, which was a little bit lighter and a little bit more player friendly. And then, you know, you kind of look at things and there, you know, everything really comes back to safety and, and everything's really been focused on that and as far as practices go again as we were talking about the Lions might start in smaller groups 20-25 players then bump up to 40 players then hopefully by the time they have to make their cut down to 80 they're at the point where they're ready to work with 80 guys in that the small group thing could help the Lions evaluate some players better because you're going to see them more and it sounds like they're going to randomize it a little bit where it's not going to be all the offensive linemen working together because then if a guy gets COVID and you have to contact trace, maybe your whole offensive line is out. So it sounds like it might be more randomized. I'm not sure exactly how that would work. I'm pretty sure it'll be fine for like strength and conditioning. But once they get into workouts, but maybe that ends up being, hey, Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnow, two rookies, whatever, offensive line, then you're running out defensive linemen and that's one group so at least they're going against each other then maybe you have like your starting receivers and your starting corners and another group I, I don't know it hasn't totally been explained and I think that as Matt Patricia talks more and more and as they get closer it's going to be much clearer how that's going to work positionally and how that's going to work overall um Matt Patricia said, and this was another really interesting point because it's been talked about around the league, of potentially quarantining players at certain positions, maybe not even your stars, but a mid-level player. Like maybe if you're the Lions and you do keep three quarterbacks, you're quarantining David Blau every week and asking him to kind of just stay away. You might not get a ton of reps anyway. So that way you know at least you have one healthy quarterback going into each game week if possible. Patricia said they haven't really looked into that yet, but as he said, and I quote, all very fluid. He thinks that it's nice on paper to say that, but the problem comes in when they have to practice. Like you can do that with meetings and all of that, but a guy still needs to practice and they don't want to throw a guy out there for the first time on a Sunday with looks. Now, what could that mean? This is just me guessing, having watched practices throughout the years, that maybe... For some guys, they practice them on Wednesday and then everybody's healthy, all good. Okay, you know what? We're going to quarantine you Thursday and Friday. Or maybe you practice them Wednesday and Thursday and then put them in a bubble after that. Or maybe you only practice them on Thursday and put them in a bubble after that. I don't think you'd necessarily do that with your starters because they probably need as much reps as possible. But it would not shock me if you did that with some players, if you're the Lions or if you're a lot of other teams in the league, and I think that's still a ways off. Matt Patricia said it's still a ways off. They just want to get to practice, let alone a game week. But, you know, he also admitted this, and I thought it was kind of interesting, is that, and I'm going to quote him again, 
Practice is important and making sure you are prepared is important. The question for us is how can we use technology? How can we use different things that have maybe come out to prepare maybe players that we will kind of keep off to the side or away from the group to make sure they are prepared and ready to go? So that'll be a great challenge when we get to that phase. What could that mean? That could mean, again, as talking about maybe changing practice regimens for certain players. You remember last year, Damon Harrison was on a certain plan where he had a rest day. Well, maybe instead of a rest day at this COVID day, there's also virtual reality. And while Matt Patricia hasn't talked about and about it and other players maybe haven't talked about it, that's something that is real. That's something that exists. And it can at least give you simulated looks that maybe that's a situation where for a quarterback per se or for uh, a corner, you can maybe throw a guy in a VR simulation or a running back that can then simulate it because you're not hitting anyway to get the looks and reads that you can program in and plug in through VR that can save you reps and also maybe save you being around guys in certain ways and certain facets. Again, Matt Patricia hasn't talked about that. There's no necessary indication that the Lions will do that. But in a season where nothing is to be expected and everything could be different, it would not shock me if teams looked into that because you can then isolate a player, still get him reps, still get him work, maybe not be the same type of work, but still keep him somewhat sharp and get him the looks that he needs to get him ready for Sunday and combine that with practice to make some sort of hybrid plan. Uh, And, you know, Matt Patricia's doing better himself, which is good. He's not going to be able to hit anybody this year. That's more because of COVID. He said he's still in rehab a year out. COVID actually took him off of his rehab plan from his Achilles. Doesn't know he's going to use the four-wheeler, but... He's tempted, potentially, in some areas and aspects. So those are, I think, some of the kind of things that really made sense and to hit on from Matt Patricia's press conference. To me, I'll be really curious to see what they do when it comes to practice, not during training camp, but once they get closer to game week, to a game week, when they're getting into preparation, when hitting is going to become more minimal, when they know what their roster looks like and who they want to protect and how what they do, and how they get a player ready. To me, that that's one of the key underlying stories once we kind of get to the game week here a month or so out. want to thank, as always, my sponsors, Bet Online, Deal Dash, Regents Field in Ann Arbor. They're open again. Go check them out on Main Street and Blue Wire. want to thank my producer, David Woodley. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein. You can follow me on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. Yes, we're going to get back to guests soon. I know we haven't had one in a week, at least since we have Barry Sanders on. Working on trying to book them as we kind of get ramped up again. I have a couple that are scheduled and we're just trying to get it all lined up. But if you want to hear from somebody specifically, let me know who you want to hear from. We're going to work to make it happen. And we will talk to you soon.